Thank you for downloading and listening to the Briam Bible Church Sunday Morning Podcast. Briam Bible Church is located in Shoreline, Washington, morning worship at 11, and many more events throughout the week. For more information, please visit our website at www.bereanshoreline.org. Good morning, everybody. I'm going to switch things up just a little bit from what you see in the bulletin. So uh, at this time, I'm going to dismiss the, the children to Children's Choir and Children's Church. And I want to ask that the graduates, the seniors, um, I, I'm, can you come on up and just sit in the front row so I can I can get access to you a little faster. Uh, this is uh, my f- most favorite and least favorite service uh, of the year. I uh, I love this opportunity to to share um, with you them or them with you, and so I, I enjoy doing this. Last night I had an opportunity to do uh, another favorite type of service. I got to perform Kimmy and Michael Berry's wedding, and it's so fun. <laughs> To finally be able to say Kimmy and Michael Berry, and so, all right, that's fine. So I've been able to do that. Oh, by the way, are they here? They better not be. Okay. I was going to send them out of the room if they had been. Um, so I, I want to I tell you that uh, for the for the the graduates, uh, I, I purchased this book, and I, I give it to them every year. I've been doing this, I think, now for six or seven, maybe eight years. Uh it's called The Journey. It's by a gentleman named Peter Kreeft. And it is a book, a small, thin little story. It's a story. It's not academics. But it's all about philosophy. It's about worldviews and about uh, not falling into the trap of the different worldviews. Uh, it's, a, it's a really fascinating little, little book. And it, it, well, I don't want to tell you. I don't want to tell you how it ends. You've got to read it. But I, I will say that just... About every single year when I have one of my past graduates ask me, uh, you know, are you giving out that book? And I, yes, I am. And most of them say, you know, I didn't read it until after a couple of years and I really wish I had read it before I went to school or before I went away. I really wish I had read it. So that's just my admonishment to you. It's it, uh, some, some thought went into this. I'd love for you to read this book. Um, and go through it. So I'm going to be giving you guys a copy of that, and I'm going to ask you, I'm going to call you up one by one. I figure that'll be the easier way to do that. And so, um, first, I wanted to ask, I want to ask Elizabeth Edwards to come on up. Boot! Oh, it's going to be one of those. Okay, goody. Elizabeth? Um, you want something to hang on to just for, yeah, okay, good. That'll give you something to hang on to. Uh, as I looked through our list of graduates, I, I thought about one word. I thought about a one word for each of them, a word that just, it, it was just what, what came to mind first. I, I actually just made myself be, be in the first word I thought of when I thought Elizabeth Edwards. Okay? And I have a passage of Scripture that I'd like to share with you. And your word is rest. Because I think you need rest. You are one of the busiest young ladies I know. And she's busy and involved in so many different things. And I love when you come in and you talk with me about 
All right, so I was at this Bible study, and we were talking about this thing, and then at my other youth group, we were talking about, and then, oh, you know what? Then some guys at school, and I was, and, and, and God comes into everything. God is in all your conversations with me, and, and it's fantastic. And I just wanted to remind you about rest. Because God also wants us to take a little bit of time. So this, the passage I selected for you, for you is the entirety of Psalm, don't panic, 46. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, he will not, he, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. Though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. It can get kind of tough out there. Rest. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her, and she will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. The Lord God Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. God is with you. I, I, I jumped and made a little connection there of that river. Because you're always flowing. And God is going to help you flow. But find rest. Come and see the works of the Lord, the desolations He has brought on the earth. He makes war cease in the end, to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He ends hostility and aggression and gives peace. Be still. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. That's your passage. And a bookmark, too. For when you're reading that book. <laughs> the moment you walked into the youth room, you were, uh, you arrived. And your presence is going to be missed. So, congratulations. <laughs> I would like Jack Fowler. This is a rowdy bunch. Rowdy bunch. The uh, passage I selected for you, or the word I selected for you, is friendship. Um, Jack, you have been such a fantastic friend to my son and my daughter. And I appreciate that even in times of difficulty, how you have navigated with them, and you have loved them, and you have been fun, you've been teachable. I appreciate everything that you have shared with my kids. And I'm very thankful. There is no greater love than this, says Jesus. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in His love. 
I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. Keep being a friend to others, to the Lord. So thank you for all that you've given to my family, but to me. No handshakes. Bookmark. Andrew Lowen. I'm going a little out of order here, so I have to. Andrew. Good, I'll have to go with you. All right, awesome. My word that I thought of, like immediately, I went like, Andrew. <laughs> uh oh, was not yeah. Was instinct instinct. And I was thinking of how you just are so quick to read the situation and read what's going on, and you're really quick on that. And I thought about how, like, when you go hunting, you've got to know the instinct of the others. You've got to know the instinct of, you know, the elk that you're going after. It's an instinct. You've got to know how how to navigate. And so the passage that I selected for you is 2 Timothy verses, uh, chapter 1, verses 3 through 7 where there's an instinct being discussed here. Paul says to his young pastor Timothy, and, and I thank God, whom I serve, as my forefathers did with clear conscience, as night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers. You've been a subject of many of my prayers. And verse 4, recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I've been reminded of your sincere faith, which first in your, lived in your grandmother Lois <laughs> and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives also in you. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying out of hands. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. You have a new instinct now, Andrew. It's an instinct that the Holy Spirit has placed in you. An instinct to live according to Him and not according to the world. And I pray that you follow that instinct. Follow that instinct. Be aware of that one, but follow that one. Because that one is going to help you navigate life. And you will be strong in God. And you're going to be a very strong man of the Lord. And I thank you. I'm going to hand you a book in a second. And bookmark. We'll get there. Karis. Karis, your bookmark may have fallen out. Is this it? I know where I'm going, but I just should have had a bookmark for you. Oh, there it is. It's hiding. It's hiding. Karis, this is going to come as a shock to you, but the first word I thought of when I thought of Karis was grace. <laughs> and it was really fun for me to read in the, the bulletin bio that, that Karis wrote. 
That how? Wait, where is that? How did you say this? We've got to read that. We've got to read that. Somebody, some. Oh, where'd mine go? Lost. Thank you. This is kind of how youth group goes. Kara says, "Fun fact: My name is the Greek word for grace, but I am one of the most awkward people I know." I read that, and I, my heart got warm, but I went, oh my, no. No, 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 you're not. I, I selected for you Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 through 9. For you. Because of this great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that the coming ages might show the incomparable riches of His grace expressed in His kindness in, in, Jesus, in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith and not from yourselves, but it is the gift of God, not of works so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. I look at you and I see grace. Okay, sure. Sometimes you might trip along and stumble and crash. Sometimes. You know what? We all do. And I see grace poured out into you. I see a young lady who loves the Lord, who loves people. It is so evident on how much you love people. And you just shine. And I am so thankful for you and, the, and for your diligence and for coming and, and, and being involved and asking tough questions and wrestling with tough answers. You've got such a heart and such a mind, and I am so thankful for you. So I congratulate you, too. And I'm going to go like that. There we go. Congratulations, dear. Saren Ling. I think there's only one job tougher than than being the youth pastor with kids in your youth program. And I think the toughest job is being the kid with a dad who's your youth pastor. Saren, the word I selected for you is joy. You have been joy from the very beginning. And when you accepted Christ as your Savior, as a very young lady, that joy just continued to spill out. We would lose you. And you, we would find you sitting on people's... When we'd go to an air show... And we're watching the airplanes, and we look down, and Saren's gone because she's sitting on someone's blanket saying, Do you know Jesus? <laughs> Everywhere you went, you wanted to know if people knew Jesus. And the joy in you just bounces and bounces. And so I have selected a passage for you from 1 Thessalonians. Chapter 5, verse 16 and on. If you would indulge me, because I know I'm not going to make it through this. So, I have our ace in the hole. First Thessalonians 5, 16-24 Rejoice always. 
pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast to what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Now may the grace, may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus. He who calls you is faithful, and he will surely do it. As you head off to school, uh, I want you to know that I'm going to miss every theological discussion that we had at the close of every youth group. We'd be walking home, and it would be, Dad, I have more questions. Uh, What about this? What about that? What's up with this whole sovereignty of God thing, Dad? Why don't we just call it God's perfect free will? It's a good question. Why don't we? <laughs> I'm going to miss those conversations. But I know that you can, are going to carry joy to Chicago. And congratulations. Ah. That's the reason I got that out of the way early. Okay, so I'd like to continue to speak on the topic of love. It's kind of a carryover, just a second, (laughs) from last night when I got to share at Kimmy and Michael's wedding. It's a a follow-up to that. So if you would turn your Bibles, please, to the Gospel of Luke, I mean, chapter 10. So, as I had mentioned last night, I was able to do the wedding. We were talking about uh, love and the love of covenantial love, of of undying, um, unbreakable love that God has for his people. And that was part of the message uh, for Kimmy and Michael. And I thought we'd just continue on and be talking about uh, love today. Now, this is kind of interesting. Um, can you guys remember the first lesson I ever taught you in youth group? Okay. Well, neither can I. And and since we don't have lessons in youth group anymore, this is your last lesson. And I, I, I want to deliver this lesson to you from Luke chapter 10. Okay. Uh, I've entitled it Worship Accordingly, and, and we'll see why in just a second. And, and I also want to tell you that this is the moment in every Sunday school class when we were coming together for the last couple of months, and I was saying to you, all right, let's check in. Where are you at? It was for today. This is, this is why I've been having you do that. So let's look at Luke chapter 10, beginning at verse 25. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law? He replied, how do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus answered, Jesus said, you have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. So we need to talk about love again. So as God's love is unbreakable, the word being used here is one that we're pretty much familiar with the idea of sacrificial love, of, of selfless love, the, the kind of love that, that removes ourself like an, a self-emptying kind of love. 
And so we're being called to love God in such a way that we remove ourselves and place him in our lives. But there's more to this, actually, with, in the spirit of this commandment. Um, I have an illustration that I, I want to, I hopefully is going to help us see uh, why these four different love, areas of love are so important. And I, I've got my guitar here. Um, and I'm going to do something to it, with it here, so that you can see. Got that? Okay. All right. Now, I'm going to silence the bottom Oh, the heavy end strings here, I think. It should sound so. so it should be just a little. You got that? Yeah, great, great, great. So I'm going to be using my guitar here as an illustration for these four different ways that Jesus says we're supposed to love God. Now, each of the, those ways is going to be represented by one of the strings of my guitar. Okay? So that's what we're going to do there. So the first string that Jesus says we're supposed to love God with is our heart. Okay? Our heart. It's the, the word in the Greek is literally the beating thing in your chest. But the idea, the connotation here is to, is to worship God with your emotions. To worship God with your passions. With your desires. That it's okay to be passionate. It's okay to have desires. But let God be the one who directs them. Let God be the one who focuses your heart. Even your anger. See, when you're angry, sometimes we feel like we can't go to God with our anger. Or or I'd say sometimes we feel like we can't be angry with God. And so we don't go to Him with it. I think God can handle our anger. If He can handle our sin, He can handle our anger. And He wants us to come to Him with our happiness, our sorrow, our sadness, our joy, Everything, our anxieties, all of our, all of our emotions, God is saying, come to me with them. And when you, when you don't put anything in between you and me, we're in a good conversation, you and me, says God. So come to me with all of these things. Love me with them. Don't worry about what you can, what I can and can't handle. I can handle it all, he says. So we need to go to him with our emotions. It's okay to go to Him with your sadness, but go to Him. Go to Him and love Him. Oh, so here. I'm going to illustrate. So here's my illustration. So this is a worship song, believe it or not. And I'm going to play this worship song for you. And I'm going to play it on one string, except I'm playing the chords. nice <clears throat> but that's just one string that's just one string see and so God is calling us to play four strings and our next string that we're going to look at next string we're going to look at is our soul worship the Lord with all your soul this is the word from which we get the word psychology psuche the soul the self the real you the real you, 
Not the you that you want all of us to think you are, but the you that you really are you. You need to stand before God and say, here I am. No pretentiousness. No masquerade. No hiding. This is me. We need to go to Him and love Him with all that we are. And the world wants us to be a certain thing, and that's not who we are. Who are you? I mean, if you were to, if you were to answer that question with me, how would you answer it? And that's a rhetorical question, and that means except you answer it in here. And I, my students understand I want them to think about that. And you should think about it. Who are you? I'm Pastor Kevin. Is it really who I am? Paul Feller uh, would say no. Thanks, Paul. Or I'm Kevin. Actually, that's my name. Pastor's my title. Who am I? For the rest of your lives, you need to really be working through that question. Who am I? And the more and more close you get to the answer, it's going to resemble something along the lines of, I am a child of God. I'm His. I belong to Him. I don't belong to this world. As we love God with all of who we are, we begin to have a better understanding of who we really are ourselves. This is getting cumbersome. I think I'm just going to lay it down. So our second string. strength. We're to love the Lord our God with all of our strength. Now, it doesn't say they're necessarily our, our body, our flesh. That word is strength. It is um, our capacity, our might. And Jesus, in the context, is obviously telling us it has something to do with our physicality, that our bodies belong to God. Our bodies are His. Um, Turn to Romans chapter 12, if you would. Paul urges us, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, chapter 12, verse 1, offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. There's something about the way that we treat our bodies that is a way of loving God how we treat our bodies, what we do with our bodies, what we allow our bodies to go through, how we use our bodies reflects our worship of God, what we put into our bodies, what we allow to take in. Um, God wants us to use our bodies in ways that glorify Him. Um, I noticed I noticed something, it was like two or three weeks ago, and it was it was really cool for me. I, I just, I really enjoyed it. We had a very solemn hymn. It was, we were being led in worship with this, this solemn hymn, and it was, it was great. And I was watching, I was watching people go like this as the hymn was going, right? And then we, it followed up with a, 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 a faster tempoed song that was 
not a hymn, but it was out of the worship, you know, a worship song and praise and worship. And people started to do this. So we started to see the same kind of swaying, but the body started to do this. And at one point, somebody started clapping, actually, with the rhythm, right? We can use our bodies to glorify God and worship. And there's just something about, we, we know that, we know that worship calls out a physical response from us. And so we need to use our bodies to worship God. How do you treat your body? What do you put into your body? Those are things that you need to remember and think about. And it's string number three. Number four, our minds. Our minds, the word being used here is is about our thoughts and our attitudes, a mindset that we place ourselves in. It's our attitude. Um, If we continue from Romans, do not conform to the pattern, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's the same word right there, mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. It's not what you think necessarily, but how you think. It's an attitude situation. And these four things, the heart, the mind, the soul, and the, and the strength, are like are woven together into one. Because we can't play this song on one string alone. We have to play them together in four strings. And that's our worship. All four of them together. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb here. Because, we, you know, we have childlike faith is what we're called to have, right? And so as I think of childlike faith, I think of a child in particular that uh, he has no idea that I wish to do this. But I'd like to ask, Paul, can you, since you, you know, had a good answer, can you come on up here? I need you to help me out, okay? I need help. Because people are going to want to hear you more than me. Did you happen to guess what that song was? Yeah? 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 Would you do me a favor? Would you help me reveal the song to everybody? All right, I'm going to, I'm going to sit down. I've got, to, I've got to use my notes here, and you can look at them too. So let me, let me park right here. <laughs> Get over here. <laughs> All right. Can you can you see these? Why don't you, you want to sit down too? Okay. So, are you ready? I'll sit. Y'all sing with you. You and me sing. Ready to go? Okay. What? I love you, Lord, and I live. Nice job, buddy. Nice job. I appreciate your help. Was that easy? Not to guess it, but yes, to sing. Yeah, it was easy to sing. Was it easy to sing in front of everybody out here? I wasn't really focusing on that. 
Come. Dude. I wasn't really focusing on everyone else. What were you focusing on? Focus on Him. Focus on God. Focus on our relationship with Him. It's not about everybody else. Right? Or is it? Paul, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Go ahead and grab a seat. (laughs) Or is it? I love that. Jesus continues on after he tells us that we're to love with our heart, mind, soul, and strength. That we're also supposed to love our neighbors as ourselves. So, I have a question for you. Do you... So, do you want to be in love with God? And I, I, lo- I do really like the way I ask that question. Do you want to be in love with God? In love with God. Then you need to be also in love with others. Jesus said that. You want to love me? Love me with your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And love others. How do you love others? With your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love others with your emotions. Share the truth in love. Check your anger. Check your hostility. Check check yourself. Let your attitude with each other be that of a servant. Let your attitudes be that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God. Philippians 2. Your soul Be real. Be real. Don't be fake. Be a real friend. And your strength, your body. Keep yourself pure in body. Um, Something I have said to all of you, you've heard at least once a year in youth group, from seventh grade on up, I've asked you, gentlemen, do you love your wives? Ladies, do you love your husbands? And to remind everyone out there, it wasn't uncommon in junior high for them to have said, but I don't have a wife. I don't have a husband. No, what do you mean? I haven't even met him yet. That's not what I asked you. Because that word of love is the self-sacrificing love. Do you love your spouse enough that you will give to them only, give to them and them only what belongs to them and not give it to anyone else? Dietrich Bonhoeffer said this about loving our neighbors. He said, one who seeks his own honor is no longer seeking God and his neighbor. So the self-sacrificial love is us stepping away from us, stepping into God and stepping into others. But we're to love our neighbors as ourselves. Is that a contradiction? How do we love ourselves by emptying ourselves and putting ourselves... Hmm, how do you love yourself? How do you love with your emotions and your mind and your soul and your strength? I guess you just got to lean on God and focus on God and love others. There's this interesting relationship between these three, these three parties, God, others, and ourselves. Um, so... Right now, I just want to check in with you. So I've checked in with these guys. 
in the past. How you doing emotionally? Where you at? You got anxiety? Fear? Anger? Are you nervous that I'm going to go another half hour? I won't. Where are you? Where are your thoughts? How's your attitude? How you doing? How do you feel about yourself right now? You beating yourself up? Should have made that mistake at work. Ah, oh, I was too hard on my kids. I'm not paying enough attention to my wife. That's shame. That's shame. And shame seeks to drive you away from God and drive you away from the other and bury yourself in yourself. How are you treating your body? How's your body feeling, by the way? I'll tell you the truth. I woke up this morning and I had the... I've had a headache for like three days. It's probably because I'm worried about all the stuff that for the weekend. But I had a headache. And, and my headache can affect my attitude. And my attitude can potentially affect where I'm at spiritually with the Lord. And you see how these are all connected and intertied. So, you know, check in. Ask yourself, how am I feeling? What's going on? Where am I? Because ultimately... If we do all of these things, if we worship God with our heart, soul, mind, and strength, if we love others as we love ourselves, Jesus said quite clearly, do this and you will live. But what's it mean to live? Jesus didn't pick the word here, bios, biology, or life. He picked the word zoe. It's living. It's um, abundance. It's refreshment. It's joy. It's fruit of the Spirit. It's, it's what it means to really be alive. You see how hard it is to describe, but I think you know what I mean. Have you ever felt sometimes like, I just don't know if I'm really alive? Jesus says, this is life. You find it in me. Go back to John chapter 10, which we read earlier. Just a reminder, it was our scripture reading this morning. Therefore, Jesus said, John 10, 7, I tell you the truth. I am the gate for the sheep. All who ever came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. That's the same life word used there. And I love that Jesus even adds to it in this passage by saying, and to the full. That word, and to the full, this life that God is calling us into is is abundance to the full. Um, it's it's Thanksgiving. It's Thanksgiving the holiday. You know, when you get up really early and even though the food's going in the oven, you've got to sample some of it and taste it while it's going in and there's a couple other little treats there and then, you know, and, and mom makes something really good and, you, and you're nibbling on that and then the dinner, roll, the turkey rolls out and the stuffing 
and the sweet potatoes and the mashed potatoes, the green bean casserole and the um, um, cranberries and uh, sweet potatoes. This man likes the sweet potatoes. Uh, all of this rolls out and you eat and you eat and you eat and you eat. And you get to that place where you know the next logical step is to loosen your pants. When no one sees, you know, under the table, and, nobody, and you loosen your pants, and you, so you can put some more in, and you just eat. And you're so happy. And you leave the table, and you're, oh, I'm so abundantly filled. And then you sit down, and then, of course, like, what, 15, 20 minutes later, pumpkin pie, and then pecan pie, and you just... Paul talks about this in Philippians chapter 4, that he's learned the secret of being like this, whether well-fed or hungry, living in want or in plenty. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. God wants us to have this abundant love, abundant life, a thanksgiving pack to the gills, I'm alive life. And he says, that's the love I want you to have with me, with your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And I want you to have that with others. And then you will have abundant life. Abundant life. Um, hey, Paul, come on up here. If you don't mind, Paul, I'm going to loosen up, I'm going to loosen out these here. So we've got all the strings. Would you do me a favor? Go ahead and grab that microphone. Okay. His mic's on, right? Well, this is this is going to be a tough struggle here. I'll just put it on. We'll be fine. Okay. The words for you are probably going to appear up there. Would you stand and join us for the last song? What? I I didn't know that my whisper went into the microphone. Okay. You stand right there so everybody can see you. I'm going to stand here. You see those words up there? All right. Do you join us in worship? Ready? I love you, Lord. And I live my life to At this time, I'd like to ask Pastor Jim to come on up and pray a prayer of benediction for our graduates. By the way, after the service, there is an open house in the gymnasium for our grads. Please come and join them and celebrate and congratulate them on their accomplishments. Good. Why don't you guys come over here, so we're going to dismiss you guys first after I pray, so you can get down there. And uh, again, as Kevin said, uh, we have a reception. I want to encourage you to come. Even just come for a few minutes. Come down. They each got a table with some little... Uh, highlights from their uh, high school careers, and there's refreshments, and we want to invite you to come down and join. Go right through those doors right in the back. Go right into the L.A. Peterson Youth Center. L.A. Peterson Youth Center. And the reason we call it that is because that gymnasium was dedicated 
in memory of our senior pastor who had that vision, and uh, fortunately we were able to build that and dedicate it just before he died. He died the same age I am. And, uh, you know, I just say that because I just want to remind you that as I grew up in this church, the reason we do this every year is because from day one, uh, it has been one of our focuses and was ingrained upon me as a young person that this church is here for you guys. That's why we built this church. That's why they built this church for me and for you. And so I just want you to know, wherever you go, wherever God takes you, you have a church home where you are loved, respected, appreciated, and most importantly, you are prayed for. And I just want you to always remember that. God bless you guys. Join me in prayer. And before I do, I just want to mention we will meet on Thursday at 630. We'll meet over in that building downstairs for the Southeast Asia recap of their mission trip. Uh, that's because this building is going to be used for the Shorewood High School Baccalaureate. We like to serve our community, and they're going to be here using this building for their uh, students and parents and friends. But if you'd like to come and just share downstairs. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your goodness to us. We thank you for these young people, Lord. Uh, it's just been such a privilege to have them with us. They have all served in this church. They have not, they have not just received. Uh, several of them, they've been serving for years in our children's ministry, in our worship, in our special programs. Uh, Lord, they have been a part of our lives, and we have been a part of their lives. And we count it a privilege to consider them partners in this ministry. We'll pray for them, we'll encourage them, we'll support them, and Lord, uh, we ask your blessing upon them. We ask your hand of blessing on their lives, and may they impact and reach many, many lives through the love of Jesus Christ. Thank you for Pastor Kevin and his passion for these young people and for the youth ministry in our church and his leadership of it, and for all the leaders who volunteer hours and hours and hours and pour into these lives. And, uh, Lord, uh, we just are a privileged and a blessed people, and we know that especially today. So we pray your blessing on them in the time of fellowship to follow. In Christ's name, all God's people can say it together. Hallelujah.